I'm Courtney. I'm Joe. And, and this, this is, is Courtney, Courtney and Joe, Joe Spoil Everything. everything. Courtney, my rod, my staff, are you ready for episode two? <laughs> I'm so ready. That's a quote from the show. That's that's not actually how we talk to each other. No, I am your rod, and that's that. I want to just like go back to something. So I can't believe I can't believe I didn't remember um, Amy Madigan. You, you know, yeah. From Feel the Dream, I'm still kind of upset about that. She, they are such a power couple. Her and Ed Harris. Like the more I thought about it. I was like, wow, yeah. they must have been just rolling through the 80s, 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, really. Um, and I love him. Like, I don't care how bald that head is. There's something about him. Yeah, he has like creepy, hot old man stuff going for him. Yeah. Like, I, I will say that just saying it. Yeah. And she in the show, um, she was such a good part for Iris because she's she does that like pursed lip like evil behind her eyes so well. And then she can be like those bright characters like she is in Field of Dreams. So. All right. So overall impressions of the finale. Okay. I loved this. I really, really loved this. I felt satisfied by this ending. And I know you're not going to agree with me and I know you're going to say something, but even though it's a little ambiguous at the end, I felt engaged the whole time. I felt edge of my seat it was funny it was emotional it was action-packed and then um I know that it wasn't supposed to be the series finale but I still I'm gonna make a big statement I feel like this is one of the best series endings I've ever seen I'm gonna throw up (laughs) you want to know why why Joseph why it was so good until last 10 minutes well that (sighs) no 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 let me let me talk here, okay? One, what happened to Sophie? Why is Sophie... Why did they not wrap up Sophie's part of the story? Oh, no, no. Me? We'll get into that because I got some ideas. Okay. Secondly, why in the hell would you leave Jonesy behind? <sighs> they didn't know where he was. And I think that they knew, at least a few of them knew that he was gone. So he's one of the heart of the show, like characters of the show that like is supposed to be the good people. Why did they not? And they left without Sophie, too. Well, because I figured I think that they figured something had happened to them. And I mean, that's what's supposed to propel us into season three. Had this gotten to season three, that was supposed to be the cliffhanger. Oh, wait. So this. So here's what here's my initial thought on this then i thought they knew going into this there would be no season three so this is how they ended the whole show no 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 they wouldn't get a season three until after they had already completed it okay all right i take back my statement yeah so it wasn't that bad if this is a season finale because i'm gonna want to watch next season yeah you definitely however if this was a show wrap i would have been pissed yeah, had I went into it with the knowledge knowing that there was going to be like one or two things that were probably left hanging because it was unexpected. So I already like I was OK about that. But if you leave out that part of it, which I know is a significant part, I fucking loved this. This was satisfying to me, like just it had a little bit of everything. All right. So Jonesy wouldn't have died or you we'll know, get to he that later. We'll get to he that later. All right. Cool. All right. Well, Courtney, we have a guest today. You want to introduce our guest? We do. Um, Her name is Katie Madonia. We go way back to the college years. Um, Katie actually is not 
any production or television background like us. Um, she is just a lover of all things weird. She has um, <laughs> a Chinese crested dog. She's got a tarantula spider. As we're looking at her right now, she's got like some kind of deer moose head hanging in the background. So she loves creepy stuff. So go on and say hi, Katie. Hello. Thanks for joining us. Did you say Chinese crusted dog? Yeah, he's a Chinese crested puggle mix. Oh, Chinese crested. I thought I said crusted. <laughs> what is that? Depends on the day. <laughs> Hang on. I'm just Googling what this is. Oh, wow. Does it have hair? He's, or is it like he's got like a little bit of hair on the top of his head and his paws and his tail. But that's it. He's just like a black bald body. Yeah. Wild. All right. So let's dive in the episode. Like, well, tell us what you liked about the show, like how you were introduced to it. Yeah. So um, I, when this show first came out, I was in um, 11th or 12th grade and um, it was just, uh, first of all, it was on HBO and this was coming off of um, having watched Six Feet Under, another really great uh, show. And this was, uh, this was just like fresh and creepy and it was just. Um, every episode really drew you in deeper into the story and um, it, like into the different characters' lives. And it really was just such an awesome, an awesome show. And you really just wanted to get to the next week so you could see the next episode. And I don't know if you guys read up on this or not, but they won a bunch of Emmys for um, like the cinematography and the score and the really all the creative aspects. And so um, it was just such a cool, a cool show. And it, it was really a shame um, when it didn't get renewed because um, when it first came out, it had a lot of viewership and um, I guess it started to decline. I don't know why. And that's why they ended up canceling it. But it was just such a, a, a gripping um, series to, to really be a part of. It was just so good and unique because not um, like in its time. I said the same thing. Like it, there was right. nothing like this. And now you see a lot of freaky shit. Not like, not back then. And this was kind of highbrow for a high schooler to be watching. I know. I was a bad kid. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, and I think that the the story, you know, the the struggle between good and evil has been done over and over and over. But like you said, never in this this particular way before. Um, and just such an interesting spin on on it and um it's just it's just a great show yeah absolutely let's go play by play here hey joe yeah so it opens with um brother justin with a tattoo on his chest yes and it's the same one as the guy in the visions finally so that means he was having those visions of the preacher long before sophie ever read his cards yeah no, they, they're somehow connected. So the show creator said that the iconic tree in it is the tree of knowledge uh, of good and evil in the Garden of Eden, actually. So this has a lot of biblical references. I tried to read up on it, but seriously, it was like a novel on how many biblical references are mentioned in this. And the funny part is, is like Brother Justin didn't even, his the actual actor, he didn't, he didn't know, like, what his if he's going to be like good or <laughs> yeah, evil or anything like, yeah mm-hmm. well i i 
I don't know, Katie, how far they like revealed the tree thing before this point. But when they did it, I was like, oh, is this supposed to be like, oh, you picked the forbidden fruit off the trees? I, I didn't really know either. Yeah, I mean, they go uh, because it, I don't know, am I allowed to give spoilers on this thing? Oh, that's all we do is spoil this show. <laughs> that's all it is. Okay. So um, it starts to like grow slowly. So it's kind of like a slow reveal. So it's like extra creepy. Okay. So it didn't, wasn't the full fledged tattoo. It right. It just wasn't like, like yeah, no, it was something that like appeared. Well, then I think that the next thing that we see is uh, brother Justin was testing Sophie with the loose thread uh, yeah. on her shirt, exposing his neck. Yeah, gave her like um, the sharpest razor to like, get a, to get a string off his coat. Yeah, and he, he he's like, "What would I do without you?" So it's, it seems that they have some sort of relationship. Oh, they do, which we'll get to. Because <laughs> she's shaking up with him for sure. She is. Oh, she, okay. She's in like a house coat for guys. She's not in their like gypsy attire anymore. The in the next scene that we see Ben's going off to Jonesy and Samson, and he goes, "Well," and, and then we kind of learn that he's like, "Well, she was baptized." by him and she's like owned by him or something yeah well there may be a part i don't know if you want me to skip ahead there may be a part that you didn't notice in this because when she's in the barn just to go there for one minute and she's getting like the visions of her mother did you notice what he came in and did to the mother he raped her so what do you think that means oh that's her dad yeah (laughs) yeah oh and they're are they Doing and there, it? He did <laughs> oh, gross. Is this the first time you find that out, Katie? That that he's her uh dad? Yeah. 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 How did I I didn't put that together? It but, was ooh. so quick. I think it was so quick. And because we hadn't watched it week by week, I'm concentrating on every like detail here. So it goes by, I was like, wait a minute, there's some incest going on here. All right. That's pretty messed up. I did not pick up on that. That is like a super quick cut yeah. on that too. There's a whole thing to this where I think that she and Katie, you can weigh in on this too. I think that she, these must be descendants of centuries old, good and evil figures, right? Like the top is like, Jesus is good. And you know, whoever the equivalent is that on the evil side. And now it's gotten down to where Sophie is the next descendant after brother Justin. You're so smart, Courtney. I know. I try. But also she has the same we learn at the end she has the same power. Yeah. Um so it's like her daddy. Wait, wait. So here's the thing. How come she has the same powers as Ben then? I don't know. You mean cuz she kind of like resurrected him? Yeah. I don't know that it is the same powers. It's literally the same thing. The stuff died around him. I think the thought is that uh brother Justin could have done stuff like that also i think the the idea is that they just have these the just the power for different things and you know brother justin has uh, harnessed it in one way and then they've harnessed it kind of in another way that's why when they get into this like i brought up in the pilot this traces back that prologue in the beginning basically gave us everything we needed to know for what really the rest of the show was going to be it was when you said joe the other day that it was it was going to be kind of broken down into three chapters, two seasons per chapter. I think it's because at the end of each chapter, it's supposed to have a big battle like this. And then eventually the last one is like the war, right? So there's always going to be kind of um, the good versus evil and just how it plays out and who 
becomes different descendants of each of those. Okay. Yeah. Uh, next scene that we see is uh, Samson and Ben are devising a plan to kill Brother Justin. And then we learn that Ben moves life from one thing to another. So kind of going back to our assumptions in episode one, with his healing power, something else has to die. Yeah, you were, I mean, you were spot on with it, which you have been a lot in a lot of these. But um, yeah, there's that give and take. He's going to take control. I think this is supposed to be the time when he's really kind of come into his own and come to like accept the powers that he has and like his place in the world. Yeah, I mean, you saw him talking back to Samson and, and speaking up to Jonesy and stuff and stuff. It's something he would never really do in, in that context. Um, but do right. you see who showed up in the next um, the next scene? Oh, my God. John Carroll Lynch. I have talked so many things into happening, like in shows and stuff. It is so weird. We were just talking about. You didn't uh, hear this part, but yeah. yeah. We were talking about American Horror Story, and he goes, Oh, I didn't watch the freak show season, but I love John Carroll Lynch. And so we're like, Oh, yeah, he's cool. And then we get to this, and when he came on, Joe was like, Just wait for it. I'm like, oh. Like, <laughs> we were so pumped. <laughs> Joe has predicted so many things in all of these series. It's insane. But the thing is, like, I don't research any of this. We want to, like, go into it natural. And there's so many things that cross between the last show that we do and this show. It's so (laughs) weird. And I'll get to I'll get to another one later. But it freaks me out. But I love John Carroll Lynch. Yeah, when Um, he approached the porch, I was like, oh, he's here. Like, I love it. But I think, like, what we're kind of seeing next is. The preacher, I we're getting a glimpse into what has happened because obviously you and I missed several episodes. Katie watched them all, but the preacher kind of turned Sophie onto quote unquote religion, but really he's kind of grooming her to be like the evil that he's got inside of him. And so I think her mind has kind of shifted away from the carnival now and she didn't really want to associate herself with those people. And now she's kind of gone um, in the direction because they say all like the townspeople there's thousands of them who all follow brother justin and she's kind of one of them now well why would she do that if he throws her in a shack and like locks her in it that, what was their relationship up to this point manchurian candidate stuff like what, what's going on well it was good up until the whole shack thing uh and until she saw the tattoo what had happened with her is that um And I I think you guys got this a little bit from the first episode. Her mother is clairvoyant, but she's like a tato. Yeah. But they they talk to one another. Uh, She can also, like, the mother can move things. And her name is Apollonia. So Apollonia can move things. All this conflict happens. And um, the mother at one point grabs Sophie's arm and then makes a lamp fall over. So she basically tries to kill them in their trailer. Oh, okay. I saw that in the flashback. Yeah, the fire part. Yeah. And so after that happens, um, Sophie gets saved because, of course, they go in and they're like, let go. And they get her out of there. (laughs) And then, um, and that's when she's like, I'm done. Like, I'm done with all of that. And she goes to uh, live with them as their maid. But they did the hibbity-dibbity. I don't, I don't, I think that they, I don't think that they did, honestly. In stuff that I've read as, uh, like, stuff that they would have done. No spoilers. We will get to that part. Uh, Okay. I want to surprise Joe with that because I read up on that, too. Okay. All right. (laughs) All right. We'll just keep going through the story, then. The next thing, they're going to get payment 
um, and what an assemble of people sitting on a couch. Um, there's one guy with his head over his, uh, his feet over his head. And nothing takes me more out of a period piece than when someone walks in with fresh plastic surgery. Like, what was going on with the lady? In <laughs> but also, Jonesy's girlfriend, she had roots. <laughs> yeah. Well, she was a brunette in the first um pilot episode i mean i think they did kind of bleach hair back then you know certainly nothing to like our standards now but yeah like that just both of those things kind of threw me off for a minute i was like oh get somebody else who didn't have plastic surgery but she had like perfect hair in the middle of like the dust bowl and <laughs> like, there's no shower everyone is sweating like a savage and her hair is still nice and she hasn't there's not like one perspiration on her she worked very hard for that okay <laughs> We have another flashback to the first episode. Me and Courtney love these. Uh, ben hears Sophie drop a line from the first episode talking about like how the townspeople are sleepwalkers and that they wake them up. Um, so we love yeah. little throwbacks to the first episode. It's really easy for us to catch them, mm-hmm. um, obviously, uh, more than most. But Yeah, um, and I, I love, I mean, I they did a lot of cool. really good one-liners here. Even in the first scene um, when Samson and Ben are talking and he kind of says, you know, dying is the easy part. It's really going out and doing what you have to do. And then in the next part, um, when the blonde woman hugs Ben when he comes out and realizes what he's got to do, and, and she goes, you're a good boy, Ben Hawkins. I bet he's been waiting to hear that, like, his whole life because his mother was essentially freaked out by him. Yeah, and it was kind of that acceptance he's always been looking for and the recognition. But also, back in the first episode, we were talking about how they were so skeptical of him. When Ben first gets there, they, like, basically, you saw, picked him up out of the dirt. Um, and then he freaked out loads. And so uh, that, like, made them all, like, sketchy about him. Um, and he was kind of sketched out by them, too. So he does the girl in the field, right? He ch- touches her legs. Yeah. And so he heals her. So then they're in some other town. And the grandmother with the girl, they find him. And they're like, she's like, that's the guy. And so then everybody starts to crowd around him like he's a healer. He's a healer. And so they go to another town and they start to set up and the sheriff comes around. and He's like, yeah, you can't be here. And they're like, oh, we're just going to have a good old fashioned revival with our healer. Yeah. So at first they're doing shows with fake healing. So they get the people, the carnies to come up and just uh, like pretend I'm cured. (laughs) They do these fake healings, which he's not really into. But as uh, time goes on, um, he, so Jonesy has that limp in his leg. Yeah. Um, he was, the story behind that was that he was a baseball player and he wouldn't throw a game for the mob. And so the mob smashed his leg. I called it. I knew he was a baseball player. There was all those baseball references for no apparent reason. And yeah. there was a picture in his tent of his baseball team next to him. I picked up on that. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Um, but so what happens is he heals his leg at some point and then they're all like, oh my God. And then that really safe Ferris wheel that they have, <laughs> it breaks and uh, it, it it falls and it basically crushes this little girl and she's dead. And so they, he healed, like he brings the girl back to life, but then the mother dies, but then they all respect him so much for doing that. That's why the uh, in the season finale, they're all like, go get him, Ben. You're our boy, Ben. <laughs> Like, because they really have these real, like, capabilities. Right. They have this real respect for him at that point. Well, he, he actually, Ben hated himself 
for doing that because he he said a line he was like they they were mentioning like about his powers and stuff he's like well i gave that life but i took the mothers and all right now it makes sense when they're initially arguing which is another thing that you called in that because you were the first i had noticed in the pilot that obviously all the crops were dying i'm like oh they're doing a stylistic choice here but you were the one who really picked up on like no no that's that's gonna be the give and take in all this it's like the instant karma thing yeah and that plays into the next scene is the big carnival night so you have the carnies who who's who are gonna set this trap basically for brother justin and they're gonna lock him in the ferris wheel and they're gonna have ben just heal all these crippled people that just show up to the circus um apparently and just crowd this tent and when ben heals it's gonna try to take away from brother justin or at least that's to hope that they'll lock him in the ferris wheel long enough to basically kill him take away his powers make it look like he had a heart attack um because they were like maybe it just looked like he had a bad ticker or something before they even get there though what is that scene with iris feeding the who, who turns out to be a real like preacher or priest it was like a scene out of misery going on there like she kisses him and he just kind of like, can't move like what what was going on there so that's actually their foster dad um and he is uh he was also a, a pastor or whatever and he started to like get that justin was doing all this stuff that he wasn't supposed to do. And he was, he had kind of been doing things like behind their back, like with the building and um, he did stuff without like board approval. And so brother Justin gave him a stroke and uh, yeah. And so he couldn't keep talk like, so we couldn't tell anybody basically that Justin and Iris really, cause she knew most of it that they were like uh doing things that were not right and so that's why so that's their foster dad so they mentioned that the foster dad shot brother justin is that true yeah they when they rolled up to this um to the carnival that was one thing they said like oh isn't that the guy that tried to yeah. probably when he when he like addresses when samson and in the in the freak crew is at the house still and he like brother justin's voice like drips with insincerity and deceit like it, i couldn't stomach it like, I couldn't stomach, like, but that's how Clancy Brown is. Like, I was telling Joe in the first episode, it's like, whenever you see him, he looks like he's going to be, like, the strong guy, but he always plays a dick. It's crazy. And he does Do you know well. he's voices oh, Mr. Yeah. Krabs on Spongebob? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He d- he's, like, a very eclectic man. My favorite thing he was ever in was Love, Lies, and Murder. It was, like, a four-hour miniseries back in the 90s. <laughs> of course you <laughs> know about that. <laughs> All I did as a child was just watch TV miniseries. Oh my gosh. But he takes out, like before they get to the carnival, he takes out like a straight up sickle to go into the thing with. I was like, hmm, what is this? So we mm-hmm. have Ben. We have Ben healing these people and Brother Justin starts freaking out and tears open a shirt, uh, which reveals kind of the tattoo to everyone. Uh, they eventually stop the Ferris wheel. They get him out and he starts running towards the tent. My first thought was, I go, man, I love this energy. This is how you do a finale. Like ever I was like on my feet. Like it was so <laughs> exciting. Like it's freaky, obviously. And like I just loved how like creepy it was. And he's like shoving people out of his way. The weird thing about the Ferris wheels when they were starting it and everyone kept nodding to each other in this giant row. Did you see that? It was the <laughs> weirdest scene I've ever seen. Samson, like Jonesy goes, like nods to Samson. Samson nods. And then the guy starts, it was like the weirdest. I was like, why did they do that? It was their sophisticated signal. (laughs) But anyways, um, Samson somehow outruns uh, Brother Justin into the tent. 
<laughs> yeah, he's like, well, Samson before then, like, he was like pretty, he was pretty swift because even before they showed up to the carnival, instead, he can, he does this thing where he gets people to do what he wants with charm instead of manipulation. Like, he is three foot seven, but he is running the show. Like, he's, he's the I'm best not talking one. just about his height, but he also has a cane. So it's, it's just like generally not that he, the fastest man to relay this information. <laughs> Yeah, like the six foot five dude is after him and he's like, run. (laughs) So Ben is trying to heal the stepfather, which I thought was quite interesting um, as uh, Brother Justin approaches. Is there a reason why he was trying to do it to him or is he just like the next one that was up in line? Or is there a specific reason that I missed? Um, No, I think it was just uh, that he he had healed the the people or whatever and he's like all right now it's this guy so he could at least help us with something and I, I i felt so bad because all of those people had just gotten healed and then he just comes out with the sickle and is like gone gone <laughs> madness well yeah. there's something that i thought might have been alluded to in this so in the battle he has a sickle the main weapon is a scythe of the grim reaper you know that big long one with the handle oh, they probably okay. couldn't he couldn't fit that in his robe so <laughs> i assume that that was a plug-in it was the travel size because uh, a scythe is a tool used to reap cut or grain grass um but it's also like the sign of, of reaping souls for the devil and death yeah so that's how i took that scene uh, I took that. Well, I had to call Justin in here because I paused it. I go, um, what's what is this? What is this thing? What's it called? I couldn't remember like the name of it. And he said both of those terms. So what you said makes sense. Well, it's called a sickle scythe. It's full name, but most people oh, refer right. to them as two separate items: a sickle and a scythe. Right. Well, there's a lot of um. I mean, there's a lot of those um very obvious allusions to the Bible. I mean. As soon as I saw the scarecrow, I'm like, he's going to jump up in the scarecrow, you know, like Jesus Christ on the cross. Like, there's there's all of these that you're like, oh, duh, that's coming. And like Superman and Smallville. I was like, son of a... This yeah, is... it's following us. Whatever show we do. It, it, fall, it gets followed by the same exact thing. Why do we do this to ourselves? It's so weird. Yeah. I was like, no, no, no. Make it and we pick them in random order. But I love it. I love that it went to the cornfield because I was like, oh, here it is from the dream. Like, it's all coming full circle. So... The knife that Justin goes to use is a World War One trench knife. So I have a question, Katie. We talked about World War One and how it fits into his dreams. Do they ever clarify why? So um, it's around his dad. And like Courtney was saying, like the generational, going back like several generations with this power, um, it goes back to his dad. He was in World War One, and then he used to um, be in the circus, actually, with with all of them. And so that's why it's kind of weird how they all, like, found each other. Oh. Yeah. So his dad, he is connected to another, like, woman in town. And, like, it's all, like, they, they draw, you know, I almost feel like Charlie from Always Sunny when they have that picture of him with all the <laughs> string on the wall, yeah. like, trying to, like, this is connected this way. Um, <laughs> That's what we said. It was like Lost, kind of, because Lost was the same thing. You're like, wait, what piece is this? Right. You need like the whole, there's like a whole family tree that kind of uh, goes along with all of it. And um, so that's that's kind of where it is. And he continues to have like creepy dreams that are um, him and bro- uh, so Ben and brother Justin both have these creepy dreams. 
Well, we were both right because I thought maybe it was kind of a flash forward because I was like, oh, maybe I thought it was like World War Two, which Joe knew it was World War One. So we were both right in this because the dream sequence in the first episode is part flashback and part flash forward because some of it plays out in obviously the series finale here. Yep. So that knife breaks that he goes to plunge into Brother Justin. However, he has a flashback, which I had to look up. Was management talking to him about oh, the tree? Got to talk about management. Who are they? What are they? Yeah. I, my next question is what. WTF is management. Yeah, management is like this omnipotent cloud person. It is a real person, but uh, it's just like some like all-seeing person um, that they all are just like hanging their hat on this this thing. Because as you can you can see when Samson's like, well, management said. Well, then the mysterious management in the trailer, which we like, you don't see them until way, way, way later. Oh, you do see him, though. Yeah. Well, Ben winds up killing management. <laughs> We're going to need the backstory on that. Yeah, I'm going to need, I'm going to lead him just a tidbit on that. So um, they start, uh, they have a fight. <laughs> they have a disagreement. He found this old woman who, like, he knew him. She knew Scudder. And, of course, she was dying. So she, with her, like, last oh. breath, she was like, uh, uh, don't. <laughs> like, <laughs> she like couldn't he was like i need to know the rules and she was just like <laughs> and died <laughs> it's very, it was very dramatic um but trying to find his uh his dad this whole time they find uh scudder he knows the the preacher and it's all crazy and so ben brings scudder to management and then they have a fight and then he kills Okay. Okay. So, so wait, who is Scudder? I keep missing that. Ben's dad. Oh, okay. I didn't realize it was his name. Oh, Courtney, yes. Up, so it's Henry Scudder. <laughs> keep up, Courtney. All it's right. It's not like this isn't an ensemble of like twenty-five people here. <laughs> <laughs> and they had to drop. So, um, just for a second, they had to drop some people from season one to season two. I noticed that obviously in the opening credits, and then of course I didn't see the same people. Um. I noticed uh, the very, very tall, kind of disfigured man was gone. Um, I'm trying what to think about of another one. The reptile guy with the dreads. Yeah. Left. Was it just kind of like a, they had to kind of focus on certain characters? I mean, like Joe said, it was a $4 million per episode budget. Yeah. And I think honestly, they, because at one point they like get people from the other circuit. They, they, uh, I forgot you only watched the first and the last episode. Um, They get, they get other people from like another circus. And so I think they just decided to filter through some, some characters there. And they brought in plastic surgery lady like that with, with the dog contortionist. Well, obviously that's a freak show in the thirties. Oh, that's called instagram in 2020 yeah but why why didn't the blade penetrate him because he had to put it in a certain part of the tree because that's what management told him to do in the flashback where the branches connect did you see how white nick stall's teeth were in that part like it kind of threw me out for a minute because his teeth were like glowing amongst all like the dark cornfields forgot to take his uh tooth yellow that day I could have dirtied those two up for the dust ball. Probably the stunt double. <laughs> he successfully, what he thinks, kills Brother Justin. And then we flash to 
we have Jonesy going to rescue Sophie. So he had jumped on the back of Brother Justin's actual brother's car, gets there, knocks the big dude out, goes to save her. He turns around. He forgets something in the house, and Sophie kills him. And I was like, no. I knew it. What? I had two thoughts. When she was laying on the floor and he like uh, cut the rope off her wrist, I was like, oh, is this going to be the real Sophie? And then when they got outside, I was like, okay. But when he went back inside for the keys, I was like, either John Carroll Lynch is going to have, you know, like a gun to her head, or I did not expect her to have the gun pointed to him. That was a shocker. And then when she shot him, it, it took my breath away. Did Jonesy have a thing for Sophie? Yes. Sophie and Jonesy were a thing for a really long time. And um, he like watched her grow up. And then eventually, like when she, I guess, was almost of age, uh, they like got together. And so and then she started making eyes at Ben. And so that caused a lot of conflict. I know you guys said that Jonesy was like a good guy, but he played so many like mean tricks on Ben. Like he really. Yeah, like he would, they would give him like latrine duty and they told him, um, Jonesy's like, all right, you do this, you do this, you do this. And he goes, you Ben, why don't you go find the baggage cart and clean it out and whatever we can keep, you know, you get and then whatever uh, we can't just throw it away. It's around the back. So he goes around the back and there is a, a baggage cart and he goes in there, but it's like a dark freaky room and there's a fetus in a jar. And <laughs> yeah. Samson's like, where the frick were you this whole time? Aren't you supposed to be working? And he's like, I was in the baggage cart. And he's like, there's no baggage cart. And he's like, I was in it. And he's like, that's an old carny trick. And he goes, Jonesy, don't like tell him to go. Don't do that. I'm like, either you know there's no baggage cart. They're like, (laughs) but he was kind of like fun loving. Like he wasn't being like malicious. Making him earn his stripes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, also, aka hazing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Top love that we call. I'm it. Team Jonesy. I'm a I'm ride or die. I don't just hop off the wagon at the first little thing that happens. You know what I mean? No, I'm into Jonesy. I'm also into the idea that maybe there was a love triangle at some point in this with Jonesy, Sophie, and Libby. Did that play out at all? No, his love with that girl seemed very forced. It didn't seem natural. And I think that's why I got that inclination when he was like first to to try to like run and save Sophie. Yeah. Libby was always pissed that Sophie was like going to be number one. Like there was always that jealousy because you have to remember like in the 30s, not many men are around. You're the cooch girl and uh, you live with your ma and your pa and your sister in the traveling circus and you finally find yourself a good man and he's still making eyes at the other girl who's not even as cute as you so he's had that like weird jealous thing towards uh sophie and that's why she was so pissed that uh that she was always like why do you care so much about where she is like you for using 1930s terminology with making eyes i appreciate that you're really diving into character on this you know and i i actually genuinely i almost like shed a tear because i genuinely felt bad for libby at the end because she's like we're gonna leave without him and then when they the guy climbs in the truck and samson's like oh nothing and they're just like gotta go we gotta get the hell out of here because all these people are following brother justin in five minutes they're gonna find out he's been stabbed yeah so that's how it ends they pull away you have sophie go over to brother justin and then all of a sudden all this corn starts to just die all around him and you can i was like oh he's being resurrected 
and then they cut to Ben, and apparently he's asleep in management's bed. Well, right, that he's rising, rising in power. So, Katie, overall, what did you think of this finale if it wasn't the last episode? Because I was pissed. I shut it off. Well, no, no. First, I, I did like a, a Marvel universe. I was like, is there an extra scene? Do they know this is the final episode? But apparently, as I found out earlier, it they did not know it's the final episode. I thought they knew, and that made me furious. But apparently, it's not. So I'm not as not as mad. But how did how did you like it, Katie? Um, I mean, originally when I watched it years ago, I was like, "Oh my god, this is so good!" Like, I can't wait to see what happens in season three because obviously, brother Justin is not going to be dead in season three. He's going to come back, and there's going to be a whole another thing, and they're going to keep fighting. So it was uh, like really exciting for me. And then um, I watched it again, obviously, recently to um, to get brush up. And uh, knowing what I know now, um, I still think it answered some questions. Although, would I love more seasons? Would I love for like Netflix or Hulu to pick it up? And I mean, poor Ben Hawkins, he can't do any more acting. But... Uh, <laughs> You know, if they decided to Paul's busy. Yeah. Uh he's gonna be on the Tiger King part two. Um so if he um if they had made, like revived the series, I would um I definitely be excited, but I feel now that I have like peace with what I have uh with the series. Because again, it's just so good. And the whole episode was just like ramping and ramping and ramping and even when he's on the Ferris wheel and he's just like going through all this stuff, it's like ramping and ramping. The series finale almost plays out like a mini movie. Right. Like you, you don't have to have a ton of context to kind of understand what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And you do, you get, you get a lot of action and it leads right up to that climax. So I, mm-hmm. I agree with you. Joe, do you want to know where they would have gone with it? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Courtney hit us up with what would have happened. Okay. So David Knopf, um, who was the creator of this, as I said, they didn't really know this was going to end. So they had completed season two and the numbers had started dwindling and HBO would do this thing where you would be like three, four episodes in and they would be like, oh, you're, we got you another season. And they really weren't doing this for this. So basically they wrapped this, what they thought was going to be season two, not the end. And so HBO wanted them to do like a two hour movie to kind of tie up any loose ends. And the guy's like, no, I have 48 hours worth of stuff. I'm not just going to throw it into a two-hour movie. He goes, I'd rather write like a synopsis and put it online. It would be more satisfying than doing it like that. And so fans were so pissed that HBO literally got death threats. They would send them thousands of letters. They crashed like the HBO servers and stuff. Like people were outrageous. And so... Um, you know, when they did an interview with him like 10 years later, he kind of broke down where it would go. You know, he didn't ever have every detail worked out. But basically, season three, because it's supposed to be the next chapter, would pick up about five years later. You see that Jonesy has lived. He's married to Libby and he's playing baseball. And the carnival has kind of like disassembled. Everybody's kind of out doing their own thing. But brother Justin also lived and he's shacking up with Sophie. And... What's happening is he's kind of going on this political track and Sophie and Iris, brother Justin's sister, are kind of like always fighting about who kind of controls him. He is obviously married to Sophie and Sophie knows because of those flashbacks that we saw that he's her father, but he doesn't know that. 
So to me, that was even more like diabolical that shows that Sophie's going to be this evil um, vessel because she knows that shit and she's still doing it with her daddy. And so a kid of Sophie's is introduced. Yikes. Um, but you really don't know if it's brother Justin's or Ben's um, because it's apparently she had before what we saw, she had slept with both of them. And so kind of what happens is the carnival that all come back together because there's going to be a new battle going on. And basically it would have gone on for more seasons in that same way where they do, where they do these battles. And then in the end they realize it's Sophie and Ben's kid. And so he's part good, part evil and it all leads up to like an atomic bomb thing and they're going to have to sacrifice this kid. So what happens when good and evil make a baby? What do you think of that, Joseph? I love when you were like, yikes. I almost choked on my water that I was drinking. I had to mute <laughs> myself because I thought I was honestly just going to spit all over the microphone and computer. Um, <laughs> no, that's that's wild. Um, yeah, it's that good. It's well thought out too. It's not like Lost where they threw everything in and by the end they're like, oh, we got to figure this out. Like he seemed like he had a good plan for this. Katie, would you have, how do you think you would have felt if this whole thing got to play out as opposed to the two seasons that you watched? I mean, I really feel like it would have gone down as one of those classic HBO series. Because again, like, I mean, obviously they had the Sopranos, which that was like a totally different you know earth shattering show for for tv um but they also had i mean they've had a ton but um i really think that it would have it would have gone down um like six feet under yeah which has the most satisfying ending ever joe i don't think you've ever seen six feet under right no i've not we're not going to tell you that but it is literally television <laughs> television's most satisfying ending finest ending <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I really feel like if if they would have just allowed it to play out uh, the way it should have, it really would have made, uh, you know, and I'm not just saying this, but I feel like it would have made television history because it was just such a an intricate thing, masterpiece. It was masterful. I agree. I really agree. No, it seems like it would be pretty cool. I, I couldn't get on board with the she knows that's her dad thing. That would just freak me out. But, like, what would happen after they sacrifice the kid? Would she still be evil and then Ben still be good? Right. And that's part of, I think, the mystery of it. Would it end on another cliffhanger know. and then just have everyone be pissed the way HBO, like, normally does it with, like, Sopranos and stuff? <laughs> like, you were, like, classic HBO. And I'm like, classic HBO shoves it up everyone's ass at the end. Yes. Like, when you watch Six Feet Under, you're going to sing a different tune for that. Well, I'm, I'm also you. a huge Game of Thrones fan. And I will never be able to recover. I'm never going to financially recover from this. <laughs> like, I can't. I can't. We're just going to put Tiger King into every episode. Like, <laughs> Well, until the... Do you know that Kate McKinnon's going to play Carol Baskins in the in the adaptation? Yes. I'm yeah. so yeah. fucking excited for that. Um, Carol fucking Baskins! <laughs> did, did you see my Instagram this morning? No. Oh, there's a Tiger King instagram thing now like a filter and i woke up i was like just woke up this is joe quarantine and i kept thinking about that bitch carol baskins <laughs> well katie thanks for coming on thanks for talking carnival with us sorry it didn't end the way you would have hoped or end at all pretty much but uh super fun talking to you i always like meeting courtney's friends they're all very interesting <laughs> to say the least um no i'm just kidding um 
No, thanks for coming on and uh, love to have you back. If you have any other shows you're super excited about. Yeah, no, thank you so much. And um, this really brought back a lot of great memories for me. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, Katie, way to ask. Can I can I spoil things? Like our show is named We Spoil Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Probably should have preferred well, that before. So if for those at home, we, we <laughs> are recording a ton of episodes before we officially launch. So you guys will always have content. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Insta at Spoil Everything Pod. And our website. Make sure to check that out. We spoil everything.com. See you next time.